On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Monday's Experts on Sky Sports Radio. As always, every Monday around this time, we have a chat to some of racing's characters and we find out a little bit about the story behind the name. A name that we've been hearing plenty of in the last couple of weeks, especially here in Sydney, is that of jockey Jenny Duggan. Now, Jenny, of course, has uh, a, an amazing story. Uh, when you uh, delve in and you do the old Google search and you also chat to a lot of people in our game, uh, her determination and resilience in the sport is second to none. And I'm really looking forward to this next little chat. Jenny, welcome to Monday's Experts. How are you, mate? Good morning, Dave. I'm great, thank you. I uh, I wanted to get you on because of the success you've had not only in town. and We've spoken about it in interviews before when you made your comeback, but... I want to delve a little bit further back than than just recent times. Uh, Where were you born, and when was the first time you jumped on a horse? What's the story? Um, So I was born and bred in Sweden, in a little country town called Biggerholm. And uh, my mum and dad had a dairy farm and plenty of horses all around. (laughs) And and when when was it? So you were on on the ponies very, very early days? Oh, very early. My pop actually had a riding academy and mum and dad were teachers at this riding academy and I think from the time I could crawl, I was constantly trying to get on a horse. So, yeah, <laughs> I was always there. And was it was it, uh, was it like, you know, love at first sight uh, for the animal? Because there's some things that our parents do that... Uh, the kids don't want a bar off, you know. We, we go, oh, well, we're going to do something different. But you were just set from the day because of where you grew up and, and the environment you were in? Yeah, 100%. It's funny you say that because my older brother, he, he just won't have a bar of the horses. He <laughs> never liked them at all. And me, you just you couldn't keep me away. I was My mum literally had to make me stay inside and try and do homework rather than you know, just being out riding around on the horses. And, yeah, that was my thing from as far back as I can remember, you know. So the, you grew up in, the, in a country town in, in Sweden. How does, <laughs> one, how does one then end up here in New South Wales? What's that story? Um, I suppose Sweden being a very small country, I always wanted to venture out in the world and, and see you know, more kind of thing. I think if you speak to people from smaller countries, that you know, people in Australia say, oh, we don't need to go any, anywhere. We've got everything here. And that is true, you know. But in Sweden, you you don't have that much. <laughs> so you want to get out and see places. And uh, I, uh, as I grew older, that, that just became more of a thing for me. And getting into racing, I suppose, like the trotters in Sweden are huge. I, I assume you've heard a lot about elite lop and all that yep. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, when it comes to the gallopers, there's literally two or three tracks maybe, and then after that, you kind of have to venture out into Europe, go to Germany and France and all that, and England obviously, which it's a bit of a trek. So that's when I thought, I'll uh, I'll see what the rest of the world has to offer. And, and you found your way to New Zealand first before Australia. 
I did, yeah, because I was working with a girl in Sweden and her sister is Jenny Vance. Okay. And Jenny Vance is Maya Vance's mum. <laughs> and she right. was in New Zealand and she knew Murray Baker really well. And she said, I'll get you a job with him. And Murray Baker's wife is also Swedish. So <laughs> there was a, a big connection there. So, yeah, away I went and uh, I went to New Zealand. I think I worked for Murray for about six months and I absolutely loved it. So so had you been in a race riding situation in Sweden at all or have you just purely just ridden um, sort of for fun and then went to Murray? Did you race ride in New Zealand too? No, I did not race ride in Sweden. And prior to coming to New Zealand, I had been uh, riding racehorses in Sweden. Right. Uh, but I was quite new, so I was sort of just just getting into what it was all about. And uh, I remember after leaving New Zealand on my flight home, I had a stopover in Sydney for a couple of hours, and I just remember coming in over over Sydney and just seeing the beaches, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this place is amazing. I want to come back here. And, uh, yeah, two years later, off I went. Because <laughs> so, so you were in New Zealand and you... Did you get homesick and you went back to New Zealand? Uh, back to back to Sweden? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got very homesick. I, uh, yeah, I just sort of found that I was probably, oh, what, what would I have been then? Probably only 20 years old or something, and I had a partner at home and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I wanted to go back home. So you went back home, but then not long later you you're back. So you, you sort of you got back. The homesickness had alleviated, and you thought, right, I've got to get back to that beach. Yeah, I think that was kind of I. When I come back, I was a little bit up in the air of what I was going to do. I was, I was, I was trying to, I was working with the horses, but um, I was living at my mum and dad's farm at the time and there wasn't many sort of racehorse stables about. So I was working with Arab and mm-hmm. I just found it quite testing and I thought, oh, it was a lot easier in New Zealand. And how it came about, a friend of mine said, well, listen, I'm going to Australia. You should come. And I thought, oh, I suppose I could. You know, winter's around the corner and, a winter in Sweden on a good day is about minus thirty, and huh. uh, I could I could think of better things. So away I went. So so you arrive in Australia. When you arrived um, to you know get involved with racing, did you where did you base yourself? Were you at uh, were you at Ramwick? Were you at Rose Hill, Warwick Farm? Where did you go? Uh, we ended up at Warwick Farm. We knew a fellow called Aaron Duke. Mm-hmm. And he um, he got us both work at Warwick Farm. My friend worked for Billy Crane, and I got a job with uh, Oliver Coolman. He was training at Warwick Farm at the time. So yeah. So you're in Warwick Farm. You you're working. Then how did the move to Port Macquarie to to ride for Mark Quinn? How did that come about? Um. Well, my partner at the time was from up that way. So we we sort of just ended up, obviously, 
up that way, closer to his family. Um, and absolutely loved it. Like, Port Macquarie is just the most beautiful side of Australia. You can see if anyone's ever been there, they will know what I'm talking about. It's so amazing. And uh, I worked, obviously started working for Mark Quinn, and then I did a lot of freelancing, and Jenny Graham was also very close to my heart. She's been super supportive of me, so, yeah. You you spent a lot of time in those early days, and I didn't realise this until I, I jumped on. As I said, did a bit of the old stalking. It's amazing what you can find online. You won the um, you were the first female to win the New South Wales Amateur Jockeys Premiership in two thousand and nine two thousand and ten. Yes, I was. Um, so when I lived in Port Macquarie, I met my future husband to be Ben, who I'm. Um, still married to to this day um, and he was a very successful picnic rider and he was sort of talking me into it he said you should definitely you know ride and I was like oh I don't know he's like no definitely you should and on that path that when I was doing trials and you know picnics are obviously not not very sort of teach the brides to go around like there's a fair few jockeys and Ben was nice enough to sort of give me whatever he couldn't ride which was isn't, is, isn't love an amazing thing eh he, the, he's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't it what so I'll be forever grateful to my beloved husband Ben for helping me to win this premiership because I I'll tell you I couldn't have done it without him like he got me in with a trainer called George Bright, and mm-hmm. we had so much success. So by the end of it, when, when George was bringing Ben, Ben would say, what have you got for me, George? He said, no, I don't really want you. I want your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, but uh, Ben, was he's always been my biggest supporter, and, um, you know, that's how we kind of made the family or... I suppose my career is so successful that he's always been able to step up and help with the kids and all that. Like, it's, it can be difficult juggling all this, you know. It's racing, yeah. time-consuming, as we know. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so you win the Amateur uh, Jockeys Premiership. That was 2009-2010. And by the way, if you've just tuned in, we are chatting with uh, Jenny Duggan this morning on Monday's Experts. But, Jenny, um, so you're riding around in uh, the amateurs. Um, when did you jump in to an official race? When was your first race? I think it was after I won that premiership that I decided to actually go and, like, become a professional. I mean, I, I absolutely loved riding the picnics. It was the most it was so much fun mm. uh, but I thought I just wanted to challenge myself and see what would come out of it and so when was it I think I remember my my first ride was a winner and it was at Port Macquarie for a trainer called Anthony Dabble I can't quite remember the date though because that I, was a long time ago. I, but I've, got it, I've got 
I've got it here. I think it was February 12, 2012, and it was a horse called Cap Cap Cat. Yes, that is a correct. Filly. Yes, that is absolutely correct. That was it. And and so Anthony gave you that opportunity, and um, even though you couldn't remember that filly's name, I mean, do you still can you remember that race? I can remember the race. Yeah, it was. I I remember thinking to myself, well, that was easy. She just jumped. I think she was about midfield and coming into the straight. Away she went and won. What was that feel? What was that feeling like? It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I was just so thrilled to be able to feel like, well, you know what? I can do this. And yeah, away I went. Fast forwarding, so you, obviously you had that experience back in 2012. Now there's been obviously plenty of highs, but there's also been some some pretty lo- big lows, um, and you've had some nasty injuries. Um, one of them, you had a very freakish fall at Newcastle, and just for our listeners out there, because I think sometimes it is it is something we do take for granted as, as observers of racing, just how much danger there is around you. Um, you know, when, when you are riding at these speeds. What what injuries have you had to your body, if you could let us know, listening out there? Uh, yeah, there's been a few. So in 2013, I had a fall at Newcastle, and I did my ACL and MCL on my right knee, which ended up being a full knee reconstruction. So at that point, I was out for, I think it was about 12 months that took. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was massive. The, the recovery and, was gr- gruesome. I must admit, I and, had a. And sorry yeah, to cut you off, but ju- but but just in terms of then, you were talking before about Ben and his, you know, his his uh, the way he sort of you know assisted with uh, you know helping out with the kids, helping out with with other duties while you've been riding. Just putting it also on the other flip side when you've been injured. Um, that that support networking, you know, that must have been chaos with the kids, and obviously you being quite. Um, you know, the, the mobility, et cetera. Um, it sounds like we need to get him a bloody award, Ben. I think so. He, he does deserve a bit of a medal because it, it's one of them things, I think, when a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't have a clue of what to do, but it's one of them things. When you have to do it, you just do it. And I think that's what, what Ben did. You know, when I got yeah. injured, he just went into sort of, defense mode and went, well, I just gotta I just gotta make this work. I gotta make it happen and he does that. Yeah, it's which extraordinary. Is, you know, which is amazing to have someone like that. Um you don't have to stress. I mean, I can only imagine if if you'd be a younger person and being single and coming home and, and being by yourself. That that would be difficult, you know? Yeah. If you have significant injuries. Because a lot of the times you can't even get to the toilet by yourself. Just just one of those things too is that, you know, with the injuries you've had and, and just reading about your story, I to then see you obviously back in town and, and getting the success you're getting at the moment and the support, at that period when you were injured, did you did you genuinely consider giving it away? Um, I never did. I, I always sort of had that thing in my blood that I wanted to come back riding and I think with injuries like there's always a silver lining you know like you <laughs> things happen for a reason 
You mm. you have to see it like that. You just can't get down on yourself. It's it is what it is. And when you when you do what we jo- jockeys do, it's it's a big chance that you're going to be put on the sideline at at some point in your career. So you just have to take that and and take the good out of it rather than the bad. Yeah, so you um, you obviously you're injured. You returned, um, and and that injury too. Um, you know, you were obviously you jumped back on um, the horse. Now it was 2016. You returned to track work um, mm-hmm. after being, and, and but then you've you've had more obviously injuries since then, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. So after I did my knee, I was just about to make a return to the trials. I remember. And I fell pregnant with my first boy, Max. Yes. So then I was out for another year and a half. And then again, I went to come back and I fell pregnant again with Sebastian. So, and after I had Sebastian, I remember thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this. Maybe maybe it's time to sort of put, put my boots up at then. How it come about, I started riding track work again and I thought, nah, you know what, I'm going to do it. So away I went and I went back to the races and I was quite successful. Things were going well. And then I went, I think I had a ride out. It was Tari Cup Day, yeah. I believe. I think it was too, yeah, yeah. You, you did. In 2018. Maybe 19. Um, anyhow, I had a fall and I broke and dislocated my right toe, <laughs> which uh, it was, you know, that was not too bad. It probably took six weeks. But out of that, I also got really bad whiplash. Right. And it took me a very long time to, to get my neck working properly again. So, but once... Once that was all healed, I um, I did I did come back riding again, obviously, and I was riding for probably six months, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, Scone Cup Day on the fifteenth of May that I had my most significant fall to date. So yeah. And that that one was was that was a really bad one, wasn't it? It was a really bad one. I, for me, I was knocked out straight away, so I'm none the wiser kind of thing. But obviously, I had I broke my neck, I broke my nose, I broke my left wrist, broke my heel, and I had three bleeds on the brain. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't looking good, and I had to be airlifted from the track. So. Mm. Obviously, everyone around was was very concerned. And in a situation like that, again, we we see you now back here riding in Sydney. But at that time, and just after that, I mean, were there conversations with you and Ben, as you've got little ones now, where you're sort of thinking, right, no, we're 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 going to give this away? I mean, it, again, most people might just sort of go, oh, look, I've, I'm done here. But you've just got this drive to just keep going. Yeah. I Ben Ben never asked me, but he he said to me, he said, Whatever you wanna do, I'll just support you. And that's 
that's the best thing about him because you, you never want to be, I suppose, pressure, he would never pressure me to ride again, but sometimes you can actually feel pressured to retire as well. You know, people, mm. oh, how can you be doing this? You have kids and you have to think about them. And, of course, you have to think about your children, but sometimes it's also for your, your mental well-being. You know, you have to do what you love. And I really love race riding. That's what I do best. And, yeah, here I am. So we go through that uh, incident at Scone, um, your, your most significant fall to date. Rehabilitation-wise, it takes longer than the other injuries because of the significance of those injuries. Um to come back again, tell us about that particular moment uh, and was it a matter of just going back to those roots of that uh, that early support around where you live and, and getting those opportunities? Yeah, it, it was. I, I think just, just getting back to the races, you know, you, the closer I got to being ready to race Friday was just a lot of, niggly injuries that kept popping up like I I got a frozen shoulder on my on my left shoulder and that that kept bothering me a lot I kept having a lot of trouble with that but after I had two injections in it and I was riding and I can't I think I was at the trials one day and I was just talking to Bucko out on the deck and he said well Sometimes, you know, you just got to go to the races and do it. You know, you, you're not always going to be 100%, but you just have to go and do it. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go right at the races because I'm as ready as I can be physically. And this is it. And, yeah, from there it went. To have that opportunity to come to town, I know Luke Hilton is your, your, your manager at the moment and he's obviously been, been getting you those opportunities. But uh, look, not only... Uh, I think a manager and a jockey work in, in tandem. You know, he, he can't get those opportunities unless you're riding good. You know, you've got to be, uh, you've got to be doing it. Um, to do it on the big stage like Saturday, uh, to win that Tats Cup on Torrens, were you emotional afterwards? I mean, do you get a chance to reflect on you know where you have come from and now the opportunities you're getting? Oh, my God, yeah. I, I was very emotional. And I think also, like, I was thinking to myself, the biggest thing in this game is probably to remember where you come from, you know, like to think that I was just hooning around on my ponies at a little farm in Sweden and all of a sudden, fast forward and here I am, Winning a big race at Royal Randwick, like it's just, it's this kind of stuff that dreams are made of. Like, I just, yeah, even like going up like that and saluting after the winning post. I didn't even know I did that. It was just something inside of me. Like it was so That's amazing. Fantastic. It was the biggest buzz. It's a lovely, I would tell you, it was a lovely ride on Torrens. Absolutely lovely ride. Did you know in the run, like, could you feel coming to the, the top of the rise? Obviously, you had to get past that that um, that other runner on your inside, but, gee, you were travelling. I was travelling, and just the fact that I, like, Hush Rider, I knew he was going to put the pace on, and I actually thought the Saturday before that I finished better 
than him. So I thought, we've mm. got to be some sort of chance here, you know? Um, and when the, the speed was on, because my horse can get keen, he was so soft in the hand that day. And I just know with horses, when they're, when they're having like a good cosy run like that, they'll normally finish off. And he just, he did just that, you know, like once we got out at 300, just got clear running, he literally exploded underneath me. Yeah. It was incredible to watch. And that's brilliant to hear that emotion too, Jenny, because I think you've summed up this half an hour conversation on the head by never forgetting where you're from. And I think yeah. that that is something that resonates with a lot of people because at the end of the day, um, we've all got that sort of – we've all got some – sorry, sure, some have had a silver spoon and had, had an easy trip than others. But to hear your yarn and to hear how you've ended up here and not only not only have you won a race at Royal Warwick, but you've got a beautiful family that you might never, never have had, you know, um, and, and to, unless you jumped on that plane and came back out here all those moons ago back to Sydney. Um I can't wait to see uh, your continued rise here in Sydney. Obviously, you've got that handy claim at the moment, which is outstanding. I mean, surely riding a big race at Royal Randwick like that would have been on the bucket list. And I said this to Robbie Dolan the other week when I chatted with him. What's your? You've always got to reassess your goals because you're achieving plenty at the moment. What? What's next? What do you want to do? Oh, I I just want to I just want to keep riding winners. To be honest, that that just gives me so much joy and like wherever you ride them that just makes me so happy and I mean I don't know goals uh, I suppose whatever you put in front of you is the next day you know what I mean I it just yeah like I said riding winners it just makes me so happy Jenny, wonderful to chat with you, mate. Uh, I'm sure your, your boys and Ben, your partner, is uh, very proud of you, along with all the rest of your family. Have a wonderful uh, week, and we look forward to seeing uh, that uh, that Jay Duggan name appear in the form guides, and especially in the winning parts of the results for uh, for plenty of uh, plenty of years to come, mate. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dave. You have a good week. Yeah, you too, mate. Jenny Duggan there, our Monday's expert. A lot of love on the text line. Um, wow, Dave, what a de- dedicated uh, lady. Top story. Best Monday experts have a new favourite jockey, Regard Straub, from Glen Innes. Yeah, she is a, uh, a wonderful lady, Jenny Duggan. And to hear the stories and uh, to hear how resilient she is after some of those injuries, especially that day at Scone where she was airlifted, to now come to Royal Randwick, not win the biggest race on the card, I mean, we had the invitation, which was $2 million. But for her to win the, the, the Tats Cup uh, and to uh, show that emotion in the rooms afterwards, um, I was talking actually yesterday with Alicia Collett, and Alicia said it, 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 um, the feeling that you get when you see someone in your game when they show that emotion uh, for, for a win, that mightn't be the biggest win she ever has. But just that at that moment, it is... Uh, really makes you understand why we love the game and, and love our sport. And give her a cheer next time you see her on a horse going around in Sydney. Let's uh, take a break on Sky Sports Radio. 11.32, we've got the whip around coming up shortly. Is your business recruiting? Nova Employment has over 1,500 people with diverse abilities ready to make a positive difference in your workplace. Nova has an unbeatable track record of success. I'm John Payne from Gregory Hills Hotel. Nova Employment provides us with staff that want to work and who are keen to do the job. They've turned out to be great employees. 
Nova Employment is a free service and government incentives may be available. Take the hassle and cost out of recruiting. Choose novaemployment.com.au.